Hello, Holly. That's quite the jangly theme, Dave. Oh. Hi. Yeah, it is a little jangly, don't you think? <laughs> it is. Because, you know, we're talking 83 and uh, we love jangly music. Mm-hmm. That was the sound. A little bit. <laughs> partially. <laughs> the British are seem partial to that, that description, jangly. Yeah? I think. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's supposed to be like you're rattling your jewelry or something. Yeah. Is that what the is that how I, jangly yeah. comes about? That's how I think of jangly. Okay. <laughs> so hi, good morning, Dave. <laughs> good morning. Is this the morning show? It is the morning show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the morning zoo. <laughs> roar, roar, roar. No, beep, I have beep, a headache beep. already. Okay. Good morning, and welcome to What Difference Does It Make? The podcast yes, where we talk all things '80s, but mostly music. Yes. Thank you, Holly, for that tagline. <laughs> You're welcome. It's on our website. And thank you for the beautiful website. I feel that I'm not giving you enough uh, your due credit. Dave created our entire website, and he is not just our webmaster. He is the webmaster. Uh, not at all. It's, <laughs> um, you got to check it out. Check out his, his uh, brilliant handiwork. <laughs> there you go. As I posted, I built it with literally with my mm-hmm. bare hands. Mm-hmm. And he means his bare hands because he has hands like bears. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> what is the website address? Do you know it? it I, I do know it. It is WDDIMpodcast.com. Wonderful. And we're in the middle of 1983. We're actually uh, cresting soon. We'll be uh, <laughs> yes. reaching uh, the top. Uh, but right now, we are going over all the songs that were played on KROQ in 1983. We are basing our list on what they originally played back in 1983. It was 106.7 songs. And we are looking at them in 10 song chunks. However... There's a caveat. (laughs) They have since pared down the list to 80 songs for uh, their KROQ HD2 channel. So that means 26.7 songs have been eliminated from that original list. And there are only a few left that have been eliminated from the list. And we're going to guess which ones they were. True. This list only has two songs that are not on the list. I usually, when I say usually, I will ask (laughs) Holly what songs she believes are not on this list. Um, out of the 10 songs that we will discuss today, it's 30 to 21. Uh, so I'm going to nail it this time. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> I like the confidence. Okay, so we're going to start with number 30. It's the English Beat, Save It for Later. Yay! All right, The uh, on their updated list on the Rock of the 80s, it's now at number 27. But it only made it to 47. It didn't even chart here in the States, right? It, it only I, got to number 47 in the UK, which surprises me. Do you call them the beat or the English beat? Uh, I or call the, them both. Or, or I used to call them the beat. <laughs> I used to call them the beat because I was, you know, hip or want to be hip. But now I refer to them as the English beat. I think we all call it the English beat yeah. here in the States. Yeah. Um, if you're listening in the UK, my apologies. This Apparently there was another band called the beat in the US. Oh. I think so. Um, same with, uh, what was it? The charlatans UK is what we call yeah. them. And not just the charlatans. Right. Yep. So, yeah, a little, little give and take with uh, with the name. So this is the English beat, Save It For Later from Special Beat Service. Probably the song they're most known for, yeah, I would think. I would say yes, and which is Still, why it surprised me that it's in chart here. As I was reading up on this, it's funny. Give me a fact. Um, well, I didn't realize that it's a uh, <laughs> double entendre type uh, thing. I didn't either. I didn't know. And, it was a little uh, schoolboy joke. And now it seems so obvious. Well, I, I think when you see it in writing... Right? Do you want to say what, what 
where it is for well, people who may not know. Well, the song is called Save It For Later. Right. <laughs> Do you know he wrote this when he was a teenager? It was before he formed the English Beat. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, go ahead. So yes, I... I uh, so now it makes sense. They wrote it as a 15-year-old. Yeah. And you, you think of, uh, you say, save it for later, but it's actually... <laughs> go ahead. Oh, you want me to say it? Yeah, sure. I feel so nasty. I know. Well, that's why I'm letting you say it. So save it, comma, for later, but it's save it, F-E-L-L-A-T-O-R. Save, save it for later. Save it. Save it for later. For later. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, he claims that he didn't know. Dave Wakeling says he didn't know it was going to be a joke that lasted for 30 years. And I never was in on the joke. <laughs> no, me either. Until the year 2020. <laughs> 40 years later, I go, yes. funny. And that's uh, <laughs> March of 2020. <laughs> yeah have you ever heard uh, um you no know, pearl jam plays it as a oh yeah part of a as a big, heard it yeah. yeah as a big pearl jam fan they like yeah. to they sprinkle it in once in a while that's cool that's <laughs> wonderful and also um i don't know this is as we post videos on the uh on our website now that we have it at wddim podcast <laughs> there's a great version of pete townsend singing it oh yeah that you're I, gonna put on the website apparently Pete is a huge fan of this song. I had no idea. I, I would okay. love to hear it. <laughs> okay. There was a time that I guess the song had been out for a little bit and um, Dave Wakelin got a call, as one does, and they, <laughs> s- they said, hey, I got Pete Townsend on the phone. He's like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> so he picks, you know, like, like anyone would. It's like, hello, Pete Townsend. It's like, hey, this is it's Pete Townsend. I, I have a question. What? <laughs> What is the tuning of the song Save It For Later? Me and my friend Dave Gilmore can't figure it out. <laughs> like, oh. Am I being punked? Right, exactly. Or am so, I on candid camera so is that, what we would say back then. So, of course, eventually he figured out that he was actually talking to Pete Townsend. Like, the the uh, the fingering just doesn't work. What is the tuning? And I guess, apparently, that the, the tuning was a mistake where on the guitar he, he tuned it D-A-D-A-A-D. Instead of the usual D A D G A D, so it was it was just a mistake. Uh, but so did Dave clear it up for him? Dave did clear it up for him on the video. Pete says the same thing, like, "Okay, I gotta, I'm. This is a weird tuning." And then he plays all the strings. It's like you know, he makes a face like this is bizarre tuning, but it it works. <sighs> Yeah, it's really cool. On he, uh, I guess, in a solo turn, the, the the YouTube version I saw was in '85, and it's just him on guitar. And there's, of course, because it's '85, there's a saxophone in there <laughs> and some backup singers. It's it's a uh, it's a cool version of it. I like it. So check our website. Yeah, it'll be there. Yeah, and I also like. Uh, were you? Uh, did you have the special beat service? Sure, you did have that. It album. came out in 1982. Right. So I was still in high school. Yeah, I mean when the when the album came out, and I had a boyfriend who was into it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, into it. That's into how I that, how I got turned Scott, on to them. Yeah, that whole scene, that ska scene, was uh, it always seemed cool to me. Yeah, we we talked could nev- about this. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I could never get into the. Or, you know, get, I felt like a poser. The, I tried to dress the dress the part. I was right. kind of a poser. Couldn't get the dress right. Couldn't <laughs> dance without you know looking like a, a geek. I still I still love that the music. It's yeah. just infectious. Yes, infectious. It is. Oh, so good. So let's uh, move on to number 29. What do you got? To a song that is equally good. Okay. What would that be? That would be a Pale Shelter from Tears for Fears from The Hurting. In parentheses, you don't give me love. That's parenthetical. 
I think yes, so. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, okay. It was the original version was released with the parentheses, and then it was re-released in April of 1983, and I think they just released it as Pale Shelter. All right, but we love parentheses. We do like parentheses. Parentheses. We know we're big in 1983. Yeah. This. Song fairly brilliant. This song me. is brilliant, not just fairly brilliant. Okay, it is. <laughs> I like it just yeah. even from the start. You know, just the fade in with the little keyboard, the little guitar distortion yeah. into the the uh, acoustic guitar strum. Yeah, and then just you know kicking into the song. I love that. I don't have a word to to describe how it makes you feel when you hear that first guitar, that first strumming. There's just something. It's a release. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, maybe that's a good word. All right. I love this song. <laughs> I also love uh, the lyrics. Someone's uh, a little frustrated with love. Yeah. When you don't give me love, you give, you me, give me pale. pale yeah. Go. <laughs> Sorry. You I don't the finish your sentences. No, when you I'm don't not. give me love, you give me pale shelter. Yeah. You don't give me love. <laughs> then the next one. But then when you don't give me love, you give me pale shelter. You don't give me love. You give me cold hands. Yeah. It's going to say cold change. And I can't operate on this failure when all I want to do is be completely in command. Completely in command! <laughs> Which is why uh, Kurt Smith is the better vocalist than me. Yeah. Good choice. I, that's funny. Speaking of, so so when they were deciding who was going to sing a particular song, yes. it was just the two of them. So uh, Roland Orzabal, he says... It, uh, just, well, obviously came down to their tone of voice. But he said, if it's a softer song, it's normally me. If it requires being belted, it's normally Roland. My voice is a lot darker, more melancholic, and Roland is more of a shouter. He's trying to make a point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is very loud. That's hilarious. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they worked out as a duo what, uh, yeah. how to do it. Uh, I happen to see, a, um, I'm on Twitter once in a while. <laughs> uh, I don't know why this appear, appeared on my feed especially in the year 2020. But uh, this is from the Twitter account, Ian Curtis is hungry. (laughs) (laughs) And he tweeted actually like, like a couple, like a week ago uh, from February 25th. Every photo of tears for fears looks like a couple who just had a fight and aren't talking to each other, which is true. I think that is true. So you looked up a bunch of pictures. So I looked up a bunch of pictures. Very serious looking as I'll have Holly scroll through all these. She could look like they just, well, look, look, he's smiling there. Well, yeah, but one of them isn't, or one of them's looking away. It's yeah. like a, it's like my cat or something, you know, trying to get attention. They're <laughs> giving each other pale shelter or something, or just shade. <laughs> a little bit of shade. Wow. Yeah, I guess you're right. But some of these are just posed. I, I mean, know, they're all just. Posed, I don't know if that's yeah. planned. I yeah. mean, it's and these pictures I'm showing are different years, different yeah. eras, but they always seem to kind of look in different directions. Smile, or, boys. Yeah, they, yeah, they're just miserable, or yeah. who knows? We'll, we'll post it. We'll post a variety. Sure, <laughs> we could do that. Um, also, last last thing are you are you familiar with the weekend? There's a he has a song called Secrets. Yeah, do you know that song? No, I know the song, but I don't know the lyrics or anything. What are you going to? Oh, okay. Well, the, about? the Pale Shelter is sampled on there, and then there's another part of it where uh, the chorus, where it's another 1983 song, where he, the chorus is talking in your sleep, the romantic song. <laughs> so he's doing. Yeah, it's two songs from '83 that he has sampled, and and uh, so he's a big fan of the '80s. I guess so. The weekend wasn't a big hit. Apparently, he's a fan of 1983. All right, as we are. Shout out to the weekend. There you go. Yeah, yeah it's coming back. Yeah, kind of like 1983. It's a good year. <laughs>
If I haven't said so before. <laughs> I love 1983. So, and here's one of the reasons you like 1983. <laughs> For so many reasons. All right. Number 28 being one of them. Oh, by the way. Um, um, oh, those are both on the list. They are. We had said the English Beat is at number 27 now. Tears for Fears is at number 26. Adam Ant's Strip is the song we're talking about now. Yes. Uh, back in 1983 is at 28. Uh, in the updated list, it's at number 25. Yeah. No what, brainer. No brainer. And can you tell me who is the drummer on this song? Well, I can. So we so we talked about <laughs> last, was it last week that Puss, Puss weeks. in Boots appeared? It was a couple of weeks back. When we talked about... Phil Collins playing drums on Puss in Boots. I didn't know he played on Strip also. I did not know either. Yeah. I did not know that one. I didn't realize that also the woman who's uh, who's doing the, the vocal part. Yeah. It's, it's Frida from yeah. ABBA. From ABBA. How about that? The greatest band of all time. I did not know that either. And so Phil Collins also helped produce it. But Hugh Padgham, he produced Split Ends and XTC. The Police, Sting, David Bowie. He had his fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah. You yeah. had him on Adamant Strip. Yeah. Do you still like this? Yeah. <laughs> did do you watch you? The, did you watch the video? I don't remember the video. Oh no. sure you do. It's, it's kind of they dress up in different oh, yeah. like a fantasy yeah, yeah, yeah. type thing and they're they're going yes. back in back in the centuries to you know different yes. different times how how they used to shock people with uh, with their clothing and you know Adam Adam just wants a strip. And by the end of the the video he has, he's taking off his shirt, he's dancing around, and you know, it's I'm everything gonna... you want from Adam Ant. <laughs> everything it... I'm going to hope for, and and you too, I assume, because you are going to be my date now I'm... for when we go see Adam Ant. I am hoping he keeps his shirt on as a uh, 60-year-old man now. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We can't all be Billy Idol. No. No, that's true. But I'd like to get a look, though. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Billy Idol is a... Uh, He's he's doing this public service announcement did for New York City. He is. He is. He's. <laughs> I guess in New York now you're not supposed to idle your car while it's while you're waiting. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to turn off your car. Oh, so like most a lot of new cars do turn off themselves. So yes. Billy is telling people Billy doesn't idle. Billy, <laughs> Billy turns off his <laughs> his car. Is that? Is that that's what true. he uses? Billy doesn't idle. I think that's the the hashtag now. But the, yeah, you could maybe I'll, I'll post that uh, PSA yeah. on the on the website as well. Does he live <laughs> in New York? He must, or he I don't know. But New York hired him. Yeah. to do this. Well, that's he's not very that's good. not organic if he's not if he doesn't live in New York. Although you could not idle everywhere. True. I yeah, mean, you don't want to. Uh, well, we idle living in L.A. That's all we do. We spend half our life idling on the yeah, freeway. Yeah, that's that's true. Billy Idol. Wow. Billy, he, did you listen to Billy him? Billy doesn't on, idle. He's on that. <laughs> that's great. That's a good one. He's on uh, Sirius XM. He does something transmission show on Sirius XM. I like oh. listening to his voice. I like him. I've always liked Well, you know, yeah, I have I, a thing for him. Sure. And he still, yeah. still looks great. Yeah, he does. So this thing from the New York Times, uh, can you see that? It says, with a rebel yell, New York revs up its war on idling vehicles yeah. via Billy Idol. Yeah. So anyway, I'll post <laughs> that video. One. It is it's pretty good. It is good. Good on New York. Yeah. It's a fun city. Yes. 
So we were not really talking about no. We're not talking Billy Idol. We're talking, we're talking exclusively about Adamant. Well, we did, and now we're moving. We're moving on up to okay. number twenty-seven. And yes, that Adamant song is still on the countdown, which I think we you already yes, said. I did yes. say number okay. twenty-five. Okay, so now we move up to uh, another iconic song. Another uh, song with parentheses. Sweet dreams are made of this by the Eurythmics. <laughs> uh, now uh, back in eighty-three, it's at twenty-seven. Now it's at number twenty-four. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this iconic song um, was something the record company did not believe in initially. They thought there wasn't a, a chorus. We shouldn't release this as a single. However, as it's what, not, not, not often that a record label is wrong. Yeah. However, <laughs> just like what happened with Red Run Wine, there was a uh, DJ. This person was in Cleveland and he kept playing the song and it uh, started getting a local response. And the label was like, all right, let's try this song and see what happens. But it's on you, your rhythmics. Whatever happens, it's it's your fault. The rest is and history. Now it's their credit. Yeah. Well, not my favorite rhythmic song. I You're love Annie Lennox. This one, no. I, maybe it's because it was overplayed and it was just, yeah, I have so many other songs of theirs that I love. I, I, I love it just because it was the introduction to this band, the Eurythmics, and this and crazy, this, so cool. yeah, this front woman, Annie Lennox, just I remember the video with the gloved hand and the, the, yeah. the, the spiky red hair. Like, who? So Who is cool. this? Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, even though yeah, it's like Oh it no, so I love different. her. It's not it's not I love her, them, both of them. Right. But just this song. I mean it did I loved it back then, but it didn't other of their songs had more longevity to me. Okay. Fine. But apparently it's due credit. Other people obviously <laughs> felt differently than me. <laughs> um it didn't make it uh, as the number one song in the UK. <laughs> Only number two. Because Total Eclipse of the Heart uh, <laughs> stood in its way. And Damn. then it almost didn't make it into the U.S. number one spots because the police's every breath you take was uh, hogging up the uh, the space. Ooh. Eventually, it did take the number one spot in the U.S. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it did. Yeah. Do you know, so this song, this song normally ends with a keyboard fade out? Yes. Yeah. You know, you can hear it in your head. But when they play it live, they change the arrangement and they end the song with the lyrics, keep your head up, so it would end with a sense of hope i mean it ends with keep your head up but i mean it doesn't the song it's in there the lyric is in there but it doesn't end with it but um dave stewart wanted to end with it because it it felt more positive okay yeah keep it positive yeah nice yeah keep your head up hi (laughs) argent hold your head head up hold your head up (laughs) marilyn manson did a cover of this song yes he did and surprisingly, the record label did not want to release that song as a single, but Marilyn insisted, and the label and they, was like, "Fine, do whatever you want to do. We'll we'll put it out, but I don't think it's going to work." And of course, that's his. That's one of his probably, you know, top five songs. Yeah. So again, good job, record, record label. Record label yeah. doing it. Who else released it? Do you know? Please tell me. Weezer. I remember. Yeah, Weezer recently put out a like uh, a, a covers album. No, that was the one with Africa. I'm sure uh, oh, Sweet Dreams is probably, there. yeah, they did like an 80s cover, a bunch of 80s songs. Yeah. I'm sure that's on there. I knew everything about Weezer. I know things about Weezer, not everything. <laughs> it's, that's a good song for them to do. I could, I could hear it. I much prefer the Eurythmics version. Yeah. You know, she, she called herself, uh, she talked about her days before the Eurythmics, and she said, I was really a hybrid between Stevie Wonder and Joni Mitchell. Walking the streets as a singer, songwriter, but no, nobody knew it but me. It's I think nice. that's an accurate, I mean, obviously if she's saying it about herself, then it must be, but. Yeah. 
Stevie Wonder and Joni Mitchell. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. No, <laughs> I mean, she's super talented. Yeah. It's just insane. Uh, him too, by the way. No, you, you think, think of both re- of them. Yeah, think of him lurking in the background. It's not like Tears for Fear. You know, like with Hollow Notes, it's all, you think Hall. With duos, <laughs> you know, there's always duos. Two, Tears for Fears, though, I think were both think of equal. Them. Yeah, because they both had, vo- mm-hmm. they both did the vocals. Simon and Garfunkel. Simon. Well, but no, that was both, that was both a duo because no one could sing like art. But Annie Lennox, so you, the, the Eurythmics, maybe you're right by a smidge, but the difference is he is, is a big behind the scenes guy. You know, he's not, yeah. it's not his thing to be up front. He's the, the producer, the, you know, right. contributor in a million ways. Yeah, and she br- is the face. Right. The brilliant thing is, I mean, he, usually, you know, you think of the producer, he's the puppet master controlling everything. Mm-hmm. But I think this was a true collaboration. Mm-hmm. I wish they would get back together and play some shows. Eurythmics, get the band back together. Yeah, let's get the band back together. <laughs> yes, and this song is still on the list. Yes, number 24. Now. Hey, can we take a break? Yeah, let's do that. We will be right back. We had coffee. It's exciting. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> Dave didn't have coffee. <laughs> All right, let's get back into the podcast. Let's move on to number 26. Echo and the Bunnymen, Never Stop, Liverpudlians. Liverpudlians. That- yes, Liverpudlians. I think this one might not, this one might have fallen off the list. No, this is still on the list. Oh. Number 23. Well, I'm happy about that, but I, I thought maybe this was one. Okay. No. Wow. So yeah, they're big on uh, Echo and the Bunnymen. They are they, well, K-Rock. Echo and the yeah, Echo and the Bunnymen were huge in '83. I know that, and I know that they know that, but I just thought that this one might have. It is there's a couple of others that you know that are still on the list. There is, so. I know. It, yes. it, it's very as Freddie has said. It's very arbitrary. A lot of these yes, songs. I, know. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I do understand, but back in '83, Echo and the Bunnymen were huge, and you know they still need to be recognized. Yes, I, I could not agree with you more. Yeah, so that's that's good on that. Good on K Rock. Their their new uh, updated uh, Rock of the '80s playlist. They, they get all. I'm sure they get a lot of love on there. Yeah, you like talking producers. This was produced by Hugh Jones. He produced uh, Whisper to a Scream, Ice Ooh. Cold Works. Uh, I'll melt Birds with you. Fly. Yeah, <laughs> I'll melt with you. Ooh. You know. Yeah. So he another '80s type producer. We've talked about interviews. We need to get in some producers. That's a good idea. Yeah, we need to find some people. What do you know? I will reach out to people. All you right. you reach out to people as well. Producers. Okay. They can tell more stories. Yeah. You know that the band started with a drum machine and they replaced the drum machine with an actual drummer? Shocking in 83. Get, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, they got a lot of questions from the press about where the band name came from. Mm-hmm. So they said that the drum machine was called Echo and that's how they got people to, it was not true, but that's how they got people to stop asking about the band name. The drum machine didn't have a name. Going back to uh, Saver for Later, I think there was someone in the band that didn't like the sound of Saver for Later. They didn't have real drums on there. Because <laughs> it was 1983? Because it was 1983. But, uh, you know, that was the sound. That's that's what people did. <laughs> As I've, even, I, even rock bands. Yeah, well, I've been listening to uh, Huey Lewis has been doing a few interviews. Hmm. And he's talked about on sports, he had this electronic drum sound. 
that he was one of the first people to to get in the studio and he loved that sound and that he's like this is this is what the band's going to sound like this is what we need and apparently it was cuz you know the album was sports so he really felt that a drummer couldn't recreate the sound that he'd gotten from the drum machine right yeah yeah he needed this this unique sound and uh, i think uh, the american public mm-hmm. agreed yeah in 1983 it was kind of a hit yeah he had like <laughs> like 1500 hits on that album there were, there were a lot of cuts on that album. 1,500. Yeah. It's a lot to squeeze in. Oh, it's a lot, but everyone was a hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's keep counting them down. All right, so we're at uh, number yeah. 25. This is Karma Chameleon by Culture Club. It spent three weeks at number one in the U.S., six weeks at number one in the U.K. It became the U.K.'s biggest-selling single of the year in 1983. To date, it is the 38th biggest-selling single of all time in the U.K., selling 1.52 million copies. It has sold over 5 million global copies, making it one of the best-selling singles of all time worldwide. It is not on the K-Rock list. It's not? It's not in the updated list anymore. Arbitrary. Yeah. Or well, maybe for that reason. Who knows? It's such a huge you know, song. Oh, it's too big. Wow. Too big. We can't. Pull. <laughs> no one wants to hear this. It's too big a hit. Huh. I'm shocked. I would not have guessed that. So thanks for sparing me the embarrassment. Of- that, that's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, the first two songs on the, the K-Rock list, well, it was Karma Chameleon and Miss Me Blind are not on the updated list. I don't know why. I mean, because maybe, you know, they had too big as we as we discussed last week, there were five songs on Culture Club songs on the original list. And so far, there are zero Culture Club songs on the updated list. I'm sure there as we go some. through, there will be some because yeah. you, you have to acknowledge Culture Club. You can't completely ignore Culture Club. You cannot. No. Numbers too yeah. big to ignore. <laughs> yes. as Someone once said. Do you like the song? Of course. Yeah. I mean, Karma Chameleon. <laughs> First of all, brilliant. Two words that go great together, like peanut butter and jelly. Karma chameleon. Yes, they just flow off your tongue. Yeah. Karma, 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 karma chameleon. I I have a hard time saying it, but... It's about the terrible fear of alienation that people have, the fear of standing up for one thing. It's about trying to suck up to everybody. Basically, if you aren't true, if you don't act like you feel, then you get karma justice. That's nature's way of paying you back, according to Boy George. So pick your lane. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> That's what he would say if it was if he was you know trying to describe this in 2020. This song was in a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows, which I can't I, name course, one. Yeah, can you, can you? I can name a lot of them, but I don't remember hearing the songs in the movies. Okay, any popular movies? Uh, well, Romeo and Michelle, which I'm sure you saw. It seems like your actually, kind of movie. <laughs> it is my kind of movie. I know. I love Romeo and Michelle. It is actually pretty good still. It's one of those songs where it immediately... It's 80s evo- if you're trying to evoke it, the 80s. It, right. It, it evokes a certain time instantly yeah. for those music supervisors, I'm sure. That's uh, what the, what they... If they need something from the early 80s, that's what they would play. But maybe it's such it's an obvious, like, uh, you know, K-Rock eliminating it from their... Who knows? Their charts. Who yeah. knows? I wow. don't approve of that. I do approve of the harmonica on this cut, and that's played by Judd Lander, who was a member of the Mercy Beat group The Hideaways. The Hideaways played the Cavern Club more than the Beatles. They That's were, their claim to fame. Lander would later play with uh, with Paul McCartney's Wings, and um, he became the head of music for Warner Brothers UK. Oh. So, yeah. so as some other executives did, they or uh, they slid over from musician into executive. To executive, yeah. Judd Lander, uh, the harmonica is is great in that. I mean, because I instantly hear. That's part of the introduction, and it lends itself to the song. 
I can't hear I can't hear harmonica without thinking about my little harmonica, which is what Monica Geller's dad and friends called her, my little harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So sorry. No, that's fine. You should. Are you excited about the Friends reunion? I don't know how I feel about that. I'm on the fence. I mean, I watch it. Of course. So you're you're all in. I was all in to Friends, but yes, I'll be all in to the Friends reunion. Yeah, you? Maybe. I yeah, I no, enjoyed it. It's amazing it. how that show has been ado- adopted by yeah. younger generations. Yeah. I don't get it. Your I mean, kids watched it too. Yeah. 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 Friends and The Office. Those seem to to have the staying power that uh, the other shows we watched. Did not. Seinfeld. Seinfeld, not so much. No, I know. Yeah. We, ado- we adopted the Brady Bunch, and uh, what mm-hmm. else did we watch? The Partridge Family. Sure. But uh, these others, yeah, some shows, but those have fallen by the wayside. If you mentioned yeah. the Brady Bunch, so they, they wouldn't even know the movies, I don't think. No. That's so sad. It's very sad. Let's move on to number 24. This is the Rolling Stones. Probably the last time we will say the name the Rolling Stones on yeah. our 80s compilation of uh, K-Rock songs. This is Undercover of the Night from their album Undercover. See, I was going to guess that this was the one that had fallen off. It is. It oh. is the other. I said there were two. <laughs> I know. That's, okay. No, I know. But I then I looked at the next one. Never You're, mind. I'm cheating? not jumping ahead. I was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I know that you, you like this. You like this era of the Rolling Stones. I didn't realize I liked it at the time. Oh. Upon 1983, the Stones weren't a band I wanted to hear. I don't think, you know. That's were, what I thought. This is what I thought we talked about this. and you, yeah. But you liked some of the stuff that was released. I, well, upon further review. review <laughs> yeah. Upon further review, they uh, this era is uh, it's quite appealing to me. I was kind of surprised because, yeah, 1983, I was into I Wanted to Hear Echo and the Bunnymen. I wanted to hear R.E.M. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear English Beat. I did not want to hear Rolling Stones. Exactly. But yeah, there's sound from this era. It it sounds like the Stones, but it's still, but it's more of that era. It's a little more popular. It fits in with the era. I can see why K-Rock played it at the time. And this was a hit, this song. Yeah. Undercover of the Night became mm-hmm. a number nine hit in the U.S. Yeah. I don't know. I actually, last night I listened to Undercover, the album, because I hadn't in, in, uh, ever, probably ever. And uh, the whole album, yeah, wow, it's good stuff. It's got yeah. the uh, she was hot on there. Remember that song? I don't remember that, yeah, uh, yeah, huh? Some really good things on there. Um, I don't know, I think it's more Jagger and less, less Richards. This yeah. album, huh. yeah, just uh, just some different sounds. Of course, it gets me excited to see this. I'm like, oh, I want to see the Rolling Stones again. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> they're playing in uh, playing in San Diego this summer at a big venue. Yeah, that's what they do. They play no, I big mean, venues. I mean, there's Coliseum big and then yeah. there's, you know. The San Diego, uh, wherever the, the okay. Padres play. They will not play any songs from Undercover. I can guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. And there was keyboard in this song. Sure. Who yeah. plays keyboard? on? Oh, is it uh, Bobby Keys? No, Bobby nope. Keys is a saxophonist. It was, uh, wait, 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 wait. I know wait, you got wait, this. Wait, wait, no. All right, go ahead. Tell me. Chuck Lavelle. From Chuck Hall. Lavelle. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Allman Brothers. Remember the Undercover of the Night video? I didn't remember the video until I, I read violent. about it. Yeah. yeah, it's just not it, that. That kind of disturbed me a little bit. Yeah, looking back on that. Well, obviously disturbed a lot of people because they did air it on MTV, but all, most of the other video outlets did not play it. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't need to arm Keith Richards with a automatic rifle. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! You do not. 
<laughs> but watching Jagger with a mustache playing a detective was kind of silly fun. But you know, they're like they're trying to act. It was directed by Julian Temple. Oh yeah. So so it was know. about for those who don't know, it was about a, a it was a Central American. It was a political political song. It was when the U.S. was supporting the Contras mm-hmm. in Nicaragua. And he says, Mick Jagger said it was heavily influenced by William Burroughs' Cities of the Red Knight, which was a novel about political and sexual repression, combines a number of different references to what was going down in Argentina and Chile. Now you could see why it was a top 10 hit. <laughs> That's what the people wanted to hear. Yes. Which is insane. It's crazy. Yeah. But it, but it was. It worked, I guess. I didn't love the song. It's still a good song. It's not... Yeah. I still prefer too much blood when I heard too much mm-hmm. blood. Like oh, that's, that's really good. This is good as well. And there's a um, anyway. I if, guess in case you're violent era, if you <laughs> if you want to revisit a, a Rolling Stones album, a Lost Classic, I, I could recommend listening to Undercover. Hmm. Yeah, give it a listen. Okay, you that's might, Dave's recommendation. You might might enjoy it. This doesn't represent the <laughs> the official thoughts of oh. <laughs> what difference does it make podcast. Okay. We have to put that non-disclosure or not disclaimer. Uh, disclaimer. Yeah. Put on a disclaimer. We have to put the disclaimer on it. All right. Number 23, suicidal tendencies institutionalized. Institutionalized. I'm not crazy. <laughs> that's not the parentheses though. You're the one that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Yeah. It's funny listening to this album or listening to the this track. It's like, you know what? The, the parents were being reasonable as a guy who's, <laughs> who's been a, a, parent pa- or a parent now. Like, you know what? <laughs> the parents were concerned. They wanted they they were they saw their son wasn't uh, really focused, yeah. or maybe he was, but uh, but you know he needed to guide his energy in a different way. Can we help you? Is there any way you can help me? And you know it's like just, I'm fine. Get me a Pepsi. I'm I'm good. I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, what's wrong with him? He see you know I I could I- manage the parents just talking like. What are we gonna do? <laughs> it sounds more like the like the sixties parents. What are we going to do about our son? <laughs> Could be, but yeah. I mean, I would imagine I would be doing the same thing. Much like yeah. I watch Back to the Future now, and I relate more to the parents than to Marty McFly. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I never really thought about that. But oh, yeah. sure, yeah. See yeah. it. I see it all. Oh, stupid old experience now <laughs> that. Uh, I don't know. Now that you uh, have troubled children, yeah, not. I was yeah, very fortunate that I did not have troubled children. Yeah. Did you see the video? Have you watched the video over there? You know, I did not watch the video. Oh. I I remember. The video's a hoot. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's great. Love it. Yeah. So this, it, it's funny. This song was in some of the two movies, Suburbia and Repo Man. And I think I actually remember it from Repo Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fitting. You very fitting. <laughs> in the video, uh, the parents are played by Jack Nance. You might know him as a racer head. Yep. And he was part of David Lynch's acting company. He yep. was always in uh he was in Twin Peaks and mm-hmm. any any movie of his. She's uh, dead. And, <laughs> and the uh the mother was played by so the mother was played by Mary Warrenov. She was in I don't know if you ever saw the movie Eating Raoul, which is also oh, God. from eighty two, eighty three. Yeah. She was in that. She was one of uh Andy Warhol's factory girls. They all had I mean these the actors in yeah. in this video have like a, a great history behind them. Do you like this song? Yeah, I, I like this song. <laughs> it's funny to say I like this song. It's not like it's musical. It's not music to my ears, but it it's it's reminiscent to me. It's oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Still yeah, is. I like the song. 
doesn't it pump you up with testosterone, <laughs> testosterone, <laughs> yes. and just wants to? You just want to? Yeah, I don't get that. That o- I don't get don't it get that, that often. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does. It's got a certain energy. <laughs> it does. But it's great. I mean, even the uh, as they as if the song fades out, Mike Muir, he's like, it doesn't matter. I'll probably get hit by a car anyway. I love that song. I still it's it still works for me. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, this is still on the updated list. It's yes. number twenty two. Now we are on uh, 1983. We're at uh, number 22. This is Tim Scott with the song Swear. And this is still on the list, as, as now I've revealed. It's uh, at number 21. Huh. <laughs> Do you like this song? Yeah, I didn't remember this song. You don't, Do you remember Sheena Easton's version? Like a year later, in eight, or actually in 85, she, uh, she did a version of the song. No. Oh, I'll post that on uh, the website. It wasn't a big hit. It it didn't. I think it reached. Yeah, it reached number eighty on the Billboard charts. Okay, well, she did something. A, she did a good version. I I saw actually the the, the version I will post will be on the uh, her uh, singing the song on uh, American Bandstand, which is kind of fun. Oh, fun! It's yeah. got a good beat, and you can dance to it. I know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a good. It was still a good song. I I was reading a little bit about it, and apparently uh, Tim Scott does not like this song or didn't like the. Uh, the direction of uh, the musical direction of this is that true particular era yeah well okay okay well he's entitled to his opinion he is entitled to his opinion <laughs> yeah. however wrong he may be right he said it was my young and confused record i wrote the song over a couple of weeks on my little casio keyboard and then sire records heard it and they offered me a, a deal like all right fine yeah that's how things happened i guess back then i guess so <laughs> Since 2007, he's gone under the artist name Leadfoot and created the music genre Gothic Blues. He calls himself <laughs> the master of Gothic Blues. There you go. Gothic Blues. I'm. Um, Tim's- you can see my confused face. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Tim Scott, now known as Leadfoot. The fun fact that blew my mind that I did not realize is that he wrote the song High Hopes, which is a song that Bruce Springsteen has covered he covered twice. He did this for the um, the Band of Brothers documentary. He had like a EP where he he did the song High Hopes. And then, yeah, this was a song, High Hopes, he wrote in 85. And then Bruce recorded it in 96. Well, then in 2014, he's touring with Tom Morello. Mm. You know, it, Tom Morello's in the E Street Band. And Tom was like, we need to revive this song, High Hopes. Let's do, uh, let's, let's try this. And Tom kills it on this stuff which he does Whoa, with every song yeah. um so it was re-recorded and it's on it's on his uh high hopes album it was written by tim scott which i, I had no idea it's that really cool. I, had, I had no <laughs> idea yeah it's a good it's a really good song love it um and of course you know i love the updated version the tom morello yeah i'm it's gonna look just, for that yeah i mean you'll hear it and go oh okay yeah i think you'll remember it yeah maybe <laughs> but i had no idea that uh, he was responsible for the song. Oh, that's very good because I could not find that much information on him, on him himself. On Leadfoot, maybe you should have looked up Leadfoot. Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't know. I did wasn't, you? I wasn't did you look up to Go- Leadfoot? Did you look up Godfather of Gothic Blues? Gothic Blues. That that's what I missed. Uh, the master of Gothic Blues. <laughs> All right, last song of this episode. Make a circuit with me. The Polecats. Yep, number twenty-one. Well, yes. that's number twenty-one today. And number twenty. On the updated list, yes, as it should be. It's a rock. It's, it's a rockabilly. It's a rockabilly song. Yeah. They yeah. were originally called the Cult Heroes, 
And then they had uh, difficulty persuading promoters to book them on the rockabilly circuit with a name that sounded too punk. Yes. <laughs> so the drummer is like, oh, what about the Polecats? And like, yeah. that's it. Let's do it. <laughs> and so they became the Polecats. Do they have any other? Do you recall any of the their other songs? No, I just know that song. This this feels like a one-hit wonder. Or other. I know it's a one-hit wonder, but they actually covered John I'm Only Dancing. And, and I guess in the UK, it, it charted. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they also did a cover version of Jeepster, you know, the Mark Bolin and the T-Rex oh, okay. Jeepster. Yeah. Very nice. But yeah, the, this was the song. I mean, did you watch the video at all? I didn't watch the video. Okay. I mean, you just watch them and go, yeah, oh, this is so, so rockabilly. Their, yeah. their look was just stray cats. It actually <laughs> does make you want, it, this actually makes me, this song makes me want to do that rockabilly dance more than even the stray cats. Okay. Yeah. This particular song. And and lyrically, I think it's, it's fun. I, I think it's just a great play. Just a, a sweet romance is not for me. I need electricity. <laughs> if you want to make me flip, hit me with a microchip. I'll be a diode, cathode, electrode, overload, generator, oscillator, make a circuit with me. I mean, yes. genius. Just, uh, I, I like how, you know, they take a theme and they go with it. Yeah. That's all, all fitting. In a, in a danceable rockabilly way. Yeah. So, That's fun. It doesn't still it makes you want to get up and dance. Of course. It should be in the top 20 of yeah. the K-Rock list. And it is. And it is. And so thusly ends this episode of the What Difference Does It Make podcast, where we count them down. We always end with a quiz. If I remember correctly, last week, I asked you questions, and you got 100%. I did. Let's see if you can top that, because I'm going to I can't top that. Let's see if you can top that. Let's see if you can get 110%. Let's see. Maybe I'll throw in a bonus question. Uh, All right. Go ahead. Okay, Okay, so Holly's going to ask me some questions based on this book that she found in the garage sale or something. (laughs) It's been tripping us up a lot with the years, of which there are going to be a couple, but not many. All right. Who had it in 1983 with the song, Is There Something I Should Know? Well, that is Duran Duran. All right. You're one for one. In which year did the group Duran Duran release the song Hungry Like a Wolf? Hungry Like a Wolf. It's probably, uh, that was the year before, 82. The year before this, 82. Not the year before 1982. (laughs) The year before, (laughs) we talked, we were just said 1983. Yes. Okay. So 82. Yes. Which song by Bonnie Tyler begins with the phrase, Turn around. <laughs> Very good. You knew that without even... Oh, really? Did you cheat? Well, what, song? what song is that? It's Total Eclipse. This is a song <laughs> that kept uh, Sweet Dreams out of the top spot. Very good. We were just talking it about it. It all ties together. Yes. All right. Three for three. Okay. Total Eclipse of the Heart, by the way. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. For those listening at home that listened, uh, that might have skipped ahead yes and for those listening listening at home you're getting that dave is not he doesn't even need the multiple choices oh okay he just knows knows this is well i'm going for extra credit apparently which of these albums by the group queen was released first the game because that was 1980 yeah nope oh it's not on the list nope okay so what are the song what are my choices your choices are hot space a kind of magic or the works was released first just between oh, those three. well then hot space uh was it's gotta be hot space good very good but the game came before that in yes, 1980 it did, 80 yes yes i know but so that wasn't one of your choices <laughs> it should have been yes all right keep going who released the, 
who released the song Undercover of the Night in 1983. Wow. Look at us. We're, this is so perfect. You know, we did not, I did not handpick this quiz. We love the Stones. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There we go. Is that your final answer? That is my final oh. answer. All right. Which Just of these- officially, you know, okay. so it's on the record there. You're five for five. All right. Which of these albums by five the group- Five for fighting. Oh, <laughs> no, not okay. in the 1980s. Okay. Ooh, you would get might- five for fighting if- Hmm. Which of these albums by the group Chicago was released in 1988? Oh, well, they all did in order, right? The yeah. numbers? Yep. So <laughs> Your choices are 17, 18, or 19. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> which one came? Which, one? which of these albums by Chicago was released in 1988? Chicago 17, Chicago 18, Chicago 19. That's the lamest question I've ever yes, been asked. Yes, it is. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, let's go with 19. Good guess. Right. You are correct. Okay. <laughs> wow, you are six for six. All right. I have no idea what... Oh, is it... Uh, what, you think Hard Habit to Break is on there? It's... I believe... Thinking, yeah. Uh, Chicago... Because I, I have no idea. Because they were... You know, they numbered all their albums. Chicago 19. That was 1988. Was that Hard Habit to Break? Hard Habit to Break. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. 16th studio album. <laughs> Chicago 19 is a 16th studio album. <laughs> Uh, released in 88 nice. uh, with David Foster. Final album to feature the band's original drummer, as we all know, the, their drummer, Danny Seraphine. The album includes Look Away. Oh, that was from... Number one. I, I Don't Want to Live Without Your Love. Number three. Yeah. You're Not Alone. Number 10. They had three hits. Hard Habit to Break was before that. Probably. Yeah. All right. But, you know, still, big okay. album. Wow. Yeah. 19. Good on Chicago. Keep right. going. Number seven. The song How Will I Know was released by which Whitney Houston. Star? Excellent. How will I know Whitney Houston? You got you got this. All right. Who sang with Paul McCartney on the nineteen eighty two song Ebony oh. and Ivory? Stevie Wonder. <laughs> How many choices do I have? That's it. I should mark you wrong on that. Uh, All right. In what year, in which year did the group Duran Duran release Is There Something I Should Know? Didn't you ask that question? All Wait. Right. Oh no. <laughs> The other question was, who had a hit in 1983 with the song, Is There Something I Should Know? This is a freebie for you. In which year did the group Duran Duran release the song, Is There Something I Should Know? All right. So is this originally? I mean, we're talking 83 or originally when they released it in? It's not a trick question. Okay. So 83. Wow. Okay. That's a freebie. All right. Who's the editor on this? uh, Yeah, we should. We're going to tweet them. Write a strongly worded letter. Okay, you'll never guess this one. Okay, good. How many members were there in the group, the police? <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they were not a duo? Was this a duo, like they, Tears for Fears they or were Hollow not, Notes? They were not a duo, nor were they a... Uh, a, a law firm of Sting Sumner, <laughs> <laughs> Sting... Andy, Sting Copeland and... Andy... Summers. Uh, that's so funny, because I think Sumner... But, yeah. yeah, he was... He's I know, Sumner Sum- and Sumner. Sting I, is uh, Sumner. Threw me off. Summers, Sumner, and Copeland, yeah. LLC. There you go, LLC, my very, favorite trio. Very good. You're uh, you are ten for ten. Woo-hoo. Congratulations. Well, that's, you uh, you rival, you didn't beat me. Let me. Tr- oh, this is too much pressure. I can't come up with it. That's all right. Those were. Uh, I don't want you to top not, me. Not the best questions, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. This is what you chose. This is what you found. <laughs> Our options were limited. Okay. All right. Well. There we go. What do we got? Where where do you go? Okay. After listening to this, you listen on our Spotify playlist. You you can listen to our Spotify playlist. Which is on the website. On the website. Or you can, yes, go to our website. 
and link to it or on, on our social media. Yeah, you can you can WDDIM podcast. Sorry, I didn't let you get that out, did I? Know. I got to say that. Okay. You can also find it on our Facebook page, What Difference Does It Make, or on our Twitter. You got your Twitter. You got your Instagram. Yeah, you can find it anywhere. If you want to hear us, you can find us. Okay. <laughs> we it's, are everywhere. It's all on WDDIMpodcast.com. Uh, I would also encourage you to sign up with your email, and uh, in a few weeks, we... We'll start sending you fun stuff. Hopefully. That would be wonderful. Wait, hopefully. That's the big plan. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully, I'll be able to figure out how to do all this. Dave is on it. Yeah, I am on it. So are you. We're all on (laughs) this. The entire What Difference Does It Make news team is on this. The whole team. All right. Excellent. So, until next week. Next week, thank you for listening to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. This is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.